This is FNX. This is FNX. Wrestling fans rejoice, for the Doctor is in. Welcome to Slamcast with your host, Dr. Nick. Broadcasting here exclusively on the FNX Network. And now, Dr. Nick. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Dr. Nick, and welcome back to Slamcast. On the FNX Network. I want to open up today's podcast with something uh, definitely interesting. Uh, Impact Wrestling's Ed Northland reported today that the interactions that Matt and Jeff Hardy had with Anthem, the contract that they actually had states that any intellectual property created while working for Impact would become their property under a work-for-hire rule and would retain ownership after the contractual relationship between the two parties expired. So basically what they're trying to say is that his character of Broken Matt and Brother Nero, even though he left the company, it was a gimmick that he created during his run in TNA Impact. WWE basically uh, acknowledged that they had no interest in getting involved in the lawsuit. Uh, There's been many happenings back and forth between Matt Hardy's wife and Anthem. Uh, I don't see Anthem giving it up. I really don't. Um, The interesting thing of it is... What do they have to gain? They don't have anything to gain from keeping this other than spite. So uh, it'll be interesting to see where this goes in the future. Second of all, congratulations to Jinder Mahal on winning the WWE Championship, the 50th WWE Champion in WWE history. Um... A lot of people said that it would not happen. I knew it would happen due to the demographic that they have in India. I think it's great. Uh, Him winning it against Randy Orton was perfectly fine with me. I I have absolutely no problem with that. Uh, Next topic, uh, when will Chris Jericho come back to the WWE? Currently, right now, he is with his band on a tour... And his band is known as Fozzy. I'm sure you've heard of it. So it's definitely interesting to see uh, whether he would be back. He was quoted, It will be a long time before I go back if I ever do go back. If I never go back, it's fine. If I never wrestle another match, it wouldn't bother me. Um, the way that he exited was perfectly fine. Him losing the United States Championship to Kevin Owens was perfectly fine. Uh, This would be considered, in my opinion and others, to be the greatest run he's had in a long time. Uh, Him being as old as he is, uh, he's always been known as a person that has adapted with the times, which is absolutely fantastic. If you're a guy who can adapt with the times and put over young guys, upcoming talent, and still look good, you know, you've definitely figured out how to have a successful career. Uh, Billy Corrigan purchasing NWA. How do I feel about this? I know originally he was trying to purchase TNA Impact. 
the negotiations that he had with uh, Dana Carter did not work. Uh, there was a lot of money owed to Billy Corrigan. Uh, Billy Corrigan's deal of the purchase is 97% done, and he is partnering with former WWE and TNA writer Dave Lagana. It is really interesting to see where this goes. Um, I don't really know how I feel about it. I mean, in reality, the NWA, you know, as you know, if you followed wrestling history, was, you know, one of the biggest, uh, you know, the biggest companies back in the day before Vince McMahon conquered the territories. So, does the NWA still hold uh, any prestige in the wrestling world? I don't know. Uh, here's an interesting little tidbit that I came across recently. Uh, Sean Waltman, also known as X-Pac, uh, was talking about uh, who Vince Russo wanted in DX. Russo wanted to put Val Venus. They did not want it. All the members of DX had no intention on having this happen. Uh, they they saw it as, you know, they had Triple H, they had Billy Gunn, Road Dog, China, and uh, Vince Russo wanted to put Val Venus in DX. Val at the time was doing his adult film star gimmick, and I could see where he would see, you know, think that that would fit. But could you really imagine having Val Venus in DX? I don't. He was in Right to Censor with Stephen Richards and Bull Buchanan and Goodfather, and it it was good for what it was. Uh, after that, you know, he he became you know Val again, and then when they turned him into Sean Morley, the character you know being the assistant to Eric Bischoff, that was pretty much the end of it. And as you know now, he is a manufacturer and a pro-marijuana uh, supporter, which I have no, nothing against him for that. Um, one of the things that I wanted to bring up today, which of course was on the 23rd, which was the uh, anniversary of Owen Hart's death falling from the rafters at the Over the Edge 1999 pay-per-view uh, in Kansas City, Missouri. The crazy thing is, uh, if he had not passed away, I really don't think he would have went anywhere other than mid-card uh, when he was doing the Blue Blazer gimmick and he was still teaming with Jeff Jarrett. They weren't really doing anything with him. He was supposed to have an Intercontinental title match with the Godfather. The Blue Blazer gimmick was a wholesome type of gimmick, you know, going against the immoral uh, activities of the Godfather. A lot of people really, I don't know if anybody else has brought up this question, but I personally thought that Owen was better than Brett. He was more charismatic. He, he had more uh, charisma and a better talker on the microphone. I think he was a better technician as well. Now, I mean, don't get me wrong, Brett is a legend and he will always be a legend in the business. But Owen never really got his dues. That match that he had with Brett at WrestleMania 10 and then also the steel cage match that they had, 
was just awesome at uh, SummerSlam 94. Um, Owen was one of those guys who he had a lot of real brute strength. And because he was a little bit smaller than Brett, he could move a lot faster. He was the high flyer of the family. So, you know, Brett was more of the technician, on the mat type of person. Owen did a lot of the aerial moves that he was, you know, known for. But he was also a technician as well. He was also known to be a very uh, kind-hearted, very comedic type person. And we've seen that in his promos, especially the one that he had at the Slammies, you know. I did it. I did it all by myself. Just me. You know, he won the Slammy Awards, former Intercontinental Champion, European Champion, Tag Team Champion. He tagged with uh, Jim the Anvil Nightheart, Coco Beware's High Energy. He was also Tag Team Champions with the late, great Yokozuna. Um, it would have been awesome to see him as, you know, would have been great to see him win the big title. Uh, but unfortunately, that just never really happened. Do you think that he was kind of punished when Brett left the company to go to WCW? Uh, I think he was. Um, I don't think it was more of, you know, they took it out on Owen. But as soon as Brett left, you can kind of see where things were going. Uh, He was just there. Um, He tagged with Jeff Jarrett. And, I mean, that's that's pretty much all he did. Uh, he had a handful of really decent matches, but by that time in his career, um, according to his friends and his wife, he wanted out. He didn't want to wrestle anymore. So, I mean, that may have been true. Uh, if he had lived and the accident had not had happened, would he have left the company shortly after that, or would he have went to WCW? WCW did not use Brett correctly. We all know that. So I couldn't imagine Owen had went to the company and they could have really done anything with him either, to be honest. Um, You know, we had many wrestler deaths by 1999, but I think the reason why Owen hit me so hard was because I he was one of my favorite wrestlers, I always enjoyed watching him. I had all of his action figures. I liked him over Brett. I just, I, you know, I, you know, I was always a Hulk Hogan fan, obviously, and you know, Stone Cold Steve Austin fan. But when Owen became, you know, part of his single, you know, when he did his singles career, and even when he was in the tag different tag teams. I was drawn to Owen as a fan. I liked his promos. I liked the way he handled himself in the ring. I even liked when he became part of the Hart Foundation again, uh, you know, with Bulldog and Brian Pillman, and, you know, they all became a family again. That was, I, I enjoyed uh, heel Owen. I mean, for the most part, he was a heel the majority of his career other than when he uh, teamed with Coco Beware and High Energy. And you remember High Energy, the wore the neon uh, pants with the checkered on there. Uh, one of my favorite matches, uh, well, I mean, I'm sure people have watched it a million times and it might be a favorite of yours, was the match at uh, the Royal Rumble 
when uh, they fought the Quebecers and they lost the uh, tag team titles. So, uh, to me, I remember that promo, you know, uh, I kicked your leg from under your leg. <laughs> it was, it was, it was funny. It really was. Uh, Owen was one of those guys who, if you were uh, not a fan of his, you loved to hate him. So I think the main reason why it hit me so hard as a fan was because it was unexpected it wasn't a car accident. It wasn't drugs or alcohol or anything like that. It was a freak accident. He was so young. And I watched the pay-per-view that night when he fell. And I was just in utter shock. And then the following night, uh, you know, when they had the tribute on Monday Night Raw, you could clearly tell that everybody really loved him. Uh, not just the fans, but his fellow uh, co-workers as well. And it was, it's, it, today it's still such a tragedy, especially for his wife and kids. You know, his kids were so little at that time and, you know, they had to grow up without a father and his wife, you know, who was, you know, I can understand the lawsuit, you know, that Martha had against the WWE, but suing them isn't going to bring her husband back. It was an accident. As a matter of fact, uh, Vince McMahon had actually tested that harness earlier that day so i mean it was it was a defect in the equipment that just the quick release just came undone uh it was nobody's fault it you know it's horrible that it happened and it you know it was a tragedy uh it's i don't even you know there's words cannot express the uh infinite uh sorrow that we all had from his death but we celebrate his career. Uh, they came out with the DVD, uh, you know, the King of Hearts, which was uh, awesome. Hopefully they have a Mattel figure eventually. But uh, anyways, uh, on to the next topic. I wanted to talk a little bit about the next pay-per-view, Extreme Rules. I'm not a fan of gimmick pay-per-views. I never have been. Extreme Rules, uh, you know, tables, ladders, and chairs things like that. I'm okay with Hell in a Cell and Elimination Chamber. But when it comes to TLC, where every match has to have one of those elements in it, Extreme Rules, you know, where they have street fights and tables and, you know, all kinds of ridiculous stuff. It just, it hasn't appealed to me for a very long time. Uh, you know, they used to have hardcore matches all the time, you know, and then when ECW was revived... It was like, okay, and then they came out with the Extreme Rules pay-per-views that they've been doing for years, and it just, they got the Great Balls of Fire uh, pay-per-view coming up as well. What in the world possessed them to name a pay-per-view after a song? Jerry, Jerry Lee Lewis song. I mean, seriously? I, I cannot wait until people do promos. You know, at Great Balls of Fire. And I'm like, oh man, this is just, I don't know who came up with this idea in the boardroom. Uh, you know, I don't know if Vince was like, hey, let's come up with some new name for pay per views. Because, you know, uh, now they're having twice as many pay per views, twice, you know, two a month now. Because they have two different brands again, you know. And uh, 
I don't know. I just, it's, it's crazy. Uh, I hope you all enjoyed this episode. I apologize for uh, not recording frequently and regularly. I recently just got a Yeti Blue microphone, so you could definitely tell the audio quality is a lot better. Um, so anyways, check out my YouTube channel, The 90s Guy. Check out my Facebook page, Slamcast. Check out Slamcast on iTunes. Check out the other wonderful shows on FNX Network, World's Almost Finest Podcast, From the Armory. I mean, there's there's a whole slew of really good shows that I encourage you to listen to. So thank you for listening, and I'll see you all later. This is FNX. This is FNX.